Hello and welcome back to the 32 Panels Podcast. Uh, this is Jake, uh, finally getting back together with Sean. Uh, Sean Hoover's up, back guys? on the pod. And we've got a special guest today. It's uh, Colin. I, I forget your last yeah, name. Yeah, uh, Colin Stegman. Uh, yeah, so hey, thanks for inviting me, guys. Yeah, <laughs> most definitely. So lots has happened since our last episode. Uh, just to remind everyone, I, I did a quick interview with uh, one of my friends, uh, Corey Booker from Defiance College. Um, I was trying to get a, an idea of what the uh, college su- system was like with uh, with COVID kind of affecting everything and seeing what, what it's like to be coaching at a time like this and uh, lots of good insight from him there. And after the podcast, they actually decided to move their, their season. They're usually a fall sport and now they're moving everything to the spring. So uh, fun little uh, yeah. breaking news there. I'm seeing uh, with my school district right now, they're... Uh... That I've seen that the uh, Toledo public has just disbanded sports for the fall, oh, the and they're going online with the students starting September eighth. So, um, yeah, lots of concerns being played out, and even when you look at like uh, in the news recently, it was like the Houston Astros had mm-hmm. thirteen players uh, posting for COVID, and you know, I mean, there's probably there's probably a bunch of other things where you're saying look, you know, how are you going to contain all these molecules and stuff like that? Are we trying to really ramrod something that might potentially not be the best circumstances for uh, the United States of America? I mean, I know it's working in other countries, um, why it's working there and why it might not be working here. Those those are probably delve into more of a political aspect. But, you know, um, realistically, you know, it, it, it seems like we're staging ourselves for delay uh, rather than disappointment. So, I mean, that's, is that what you're thinking with Corey is that, you know, they're, they're thinking let's try it in the spring. If that comes around rather than just disappoint everybody and say it's done. I mean, we've looked at things like DCFC soccer and um, you know, DCFC's Mm -hmm. uh, was, it was uh, something where I was really sad because that's, that's what I look forward to in the summer. That's my summer love. That's my summer joy. Um, it's been that for a long time. And <clears throat> and we look at like uh, the idea that when when uh, you 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 pine for something and then they tell you you can't be there, then we as Americans, especially, and I'm only saying Americans because I guess that's who I surround myself with primarily is like you know we're here. We have this instantaneous lifestyle. This this culture where if we don't have it now, we wow, 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 why can't we have it now? You know, and I was upset. You know, that was probably one of the most upsetting things is not seeing soccer. And then, you know, it's been brought back in without the fans, but it's, they do, what is it, My Cujo that I've yep. been watching it on? Yeah, so you can watch the games online, My Cujo. You can invest in their team right now if you'd like. They're up yeah. in, uh, you can, they put 10% of their uh, team up for sale or up they actually for just sold out today. So, oh, wow. um, so no longer available. No longer as, available. Of right now. as of recording, they, well, they well, sold that stinks out because that stinks because they sent me an email that said the $250 that I was, uh, that I already mm-hmm. paid for last season, I could roll that into an investment for this season, but they were going to, email me in the next few days about that prospect. Well, apparently we've not hit the time period where that prospect is available. So, you know, I guess that stinks for me because I I was not investing thinking that I'd be rolling my tickets over and to be an owner, but 
uh, you know, I'm, I'm just finding this out in real time, guys. So um, that's okay. I'm still uh, rouging gold till I die. And, you know, that even though I don't get an opportunity to be a uh, ground floor investor, I'll still always have that kind of a, you know, I, I still have the affinity for the team. And I'm, I, I, even if I have to cough up the season ticket price or whatever to last year and just donate it to the team, that's kind of what I was expecting to do anyways. So yeah, uh, just a little context for everyone. So Sean's talking about Detroit City FC. Um, they, uh, they're kind of a third division team in, in the U.S. soccer landscape. They play in a league called the National Independent Soccer Association with some historic names like New York Cosmos. Um, they also play with a, another team out of uh, Chattanooga FC. They were kind of the pioneers for this uh, fan ownership model. Uh, very similar to like the Green Bay Packers where their fans get a chance to, uh, you know, have a public ownership option of their team. So they, they offered a 10% stake of their club. Um, so they capped that at, I believe, a little over a million dollars, like a million and 70,000 or something like that. So, you know, they value their club at $10 million now for a team that started 10 years ago. That's a, a pretty good uh, jump in valuation, you know, they've got a pretty strong support up there. And um, it was really exciting to see, you know, in terms of American t- soccer, you don't see a lot of, you know, public ownership of teams. And, you know, with MLS, it's a very closed door uh, ownership structure where you need, you know, the mega bucks now to, you know, yeah, even break in. So this is kind of an interesting thing, you know, grassroots level, you get to have a real say in how things are run. And, um, some really interesting investors in that were involved in that. Iggy Pop is a uh, is kind of the he was the face of the the drive, and he's a he's a guy who hails kind of from the Detroit area, yeah. and uh, oh, cool. it you know really symbolizes a lot of what is uh, what is liked about Detroit and what they're what they're doing. So uh, that was a pretty big side note that we <laughs> kind of got sidetracked. We weren't really uh, planning on that kind of talk, but. We're here to kind of wrap up the uh, Premier League season, FA Cup, and kind of look ahead to uh, Champions League and kind of celebrate Liverpool's big win. Finally. Yeah, Come yeah, um, yeah. I'm really excited to talk more about you know Liverpool's big season. I'm a huge, huge Liverpool supporter and have been for at least the last ten or so years. Um, I, I had a buddy in college that you know was tell, told me all about the team invited me over to watch Roy Hodgson's Liverpool, um, which was, um, I think, a testament as much to my friend as it is to my sticking around with the squad, especially if you go back and look at some of the starting lineups uh, and some of the transfer deals that we did at that time, like Andy Carroll. Yeah. Anyways, it's some dark days in that, and also a lot of really good days, too. I mean, can't discount last year's Champions League win, the Champions League final the year before that, the Europa League final the year before that. So, you know, like, it, it's it been so good. It's, it's good. been a very gradual, steady yeah. rise. And it, yeah, it's I really mean, cool to see that, you know, the team has not gone, you know, they've not dropped off that pace. Like, you would think, yeah. you know, missing out on some of these major trophies would be like a huge, demor- you know, demoralizing mm-hmm. event that yeah. they couldn't necessarily rebound from. Sure, but, you know, we're thankfully not like Tottenham in that <laughs> that way. Um, <laughs> who, who I think def- definitely did suffer from that this year, and they kind of lost their identity and 
try to do the Mourinho thing too. <laughs> and they got rid of Pochettino, even though he seems to be still obsessed with the Spurs. But I don't want to talk about Spurs right now. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, to watch Jurgen Klopp, you know, really come through the last few years and stick to a plan that he has obviously set out since the beginning and has been clear about it and that it's going to be tough and that they're not going to do it the easy way. We're not going to just, we don't have the money that Manchester United can spend on, you know, Sancho or somebody like that. Like they're about to spend maybe 120 million plus on him, which is, you know, I know he's Jaden Sancho is fantastic, but you know, we're looking at all these different, I don't see us doing that this summer, even if we do have the money. Um, and also, I think that really, I think COVID is going to affect more teams' transfer budgets, budgets than yeah. we even realize. Um, you know, I know, I know, squads like Spurs are moving money around, especially because they have all the debt from their stadium. That is only going to get worse because the NFL canceled all of their London games. That was a bunch of revenue they were oh. going to have this year. So there's just a lot of cascading things like that. That Thankfully, while yeah, I don't think Liverpool's in a great place financially as a result of this, they're going to be fine because of the Nike deal that just kicked in a few days ago um, and things like that. So I, I think that the team is, you know, I know we're going to talk about the kind of future in a little bit, but, but at the same time, I'm really still happy about the direction of the club, even if we have pretty much the same exact team. Um, but yeah, to win the league this year, to do it the way we did and also to think that maybe it won't happen and that the season might just get canceled oh. straight up. I mean, that was everybody in the Liverpool world's like, of course, of course, this is the year that this happens. Cause of course we're about to do this. So you got to think you're, you're like <laughs> negative, man. <laughs> I mean, like almost everybody was like resigned to the fact like pessimistic, just based on yeah. 30 years of history. Right? Yeah. And it's just like, you know, we don't care. Put an asterisk next to the 19, you know, titles. That doesn't matter. At this point, it's just like, got it. We got it over the line. And now we can focus on doing it again. And and we go again mentality. And, you know, Jurgen has absolutely instilled that in the team, top to bottom. Doesn't matter who you're talking about. Um, whether you're a bench performer, you know, you'll hear rumors of like somebody like Shakiri being unhappy behind the scenes, but then you hear him in an interview and he's like, I'm a part of one of the greatest teams of all time. So I uh, I think it's a really good squad mentality. Oh, a lot better squad. than Stoke. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, it's I would rather be the guy on the bench for a winning team and be a part of that drive to to, to get a team up to the championship, yeah. then, you know, be it, be in a field with uh, a team that probably doesn't have a lot of spirit, probably doesn't have a lot of emotion. Mm -hmm. um, th these are things that you learn probably as you become more professional too, because, you know, you, as I, I watched with Martinez being our backup goalkeeper uh, at Arsenal, um, he's been with our squad for 10 years and mm -hmm. has been a loanee, um, on loan, on loan, on loan, yeah. and we didn't really have a plan for him. And, uh, you know, he's turned out to be an affable player. Yeah. And the storyline, uh, you know, we can probably talk about different things more into this podcast, but the storyline on that is, you know, he's, he sold his, you know, he, he waited his time and, 
and eventually an opportunity opened up. And that's kind of part of the professional game too, is, you know, just knowing that at any time you could be called up and you have to be mentally sharp and ready to be focused for that kind of thing. Because, you know, let's face it, you can only have 11 guys mm-hmm. out on the field. And, you know, if you're number 12, 13, 14, or 18, it doesn't matter. I mean, yeah. you just have to be ready to play when, when your number gets called. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's funny, the backup keeper, um, you know, Adrian, it's kind of forgotten at this point because it, this was almost a year ago at this point, but you know, he started off the season, I believe the first nine starts of the season were for him. And I think he had like five or six clean sheets during that time. We, our defense, I think was the best after that first few, we had already taken a huge lead. Man City had dropped one of the early games to, to to Norwich. Norwich. Yeah. Um, Which is wild. I think that was, three of their, what, 19 total points they had on the season against <laughs> yeah. Manchester City. Um, and so you you get, you know, even somebody like, you know, you buy the time. Adrian, three weeks before that, was a free agent uh, just dropped by West Ham. Yeah. And so, you know, you get you get all these moments where you get these characters. If you, you surround your team with good character and – you instill leadership in them. And, you know, that's why Jordan Henderson is, you know, despite not being the best footballer, I mean, that's Kevin De Bruyne. Are we all, are we kind of, are we in agreement? That was it. That was I don't it. know who, I, we can talk about the best player of the year, I guess, in a second. But, you know, as, as far as, you know, you, you have somebody that shows leadership skills and is willing to literally do anything for the sake of the team to win. And uh, that's across the board and it's all because of Jurgen Klopp. And uh, I absolutely love that man. I will ball like a baby when he <laughs> leaves the club, which I know he'll do eventually. And I just pretend like it's not gonna happen. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So Colin, I guess as a, as a Liverpool fan, was there any match from this season that really stuck out to you as like, okay, this is it, this is our year. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a few moments like that throughout the season. I think the Boxing Day match against Leicester. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was a big one. I believe at the time it was number one versus number two. Yep. We watched that Buster Brown. I think mm-hmm. if we had lost, it would have closed the gap to, and I think it was like six or nine points, and then, or if we won, it would expand to double digits. So we're at this point in the season where. It was also really congested. We had just done the Super Cup. No, the Super Cup was early in the season. My bad. We just did the Club World Cup in Dubai. And we had, we played against West Ham in the FA, or in the League Cup. We lost like 5-0 because we played our youth played team. Kids, yeah. Literally the next day on another continent, 3,500 <laughs> 3, miles away, we're playing in a major world you know international trophy that you can only get into if you win the champions league and i remember thinking that was the most hazardous stretch we had tons of matches back to back to back to back to back different competitions and i remember thinking if we can get through this stretch unscathed we're fine we can we can lose a few in january which we almost always did and which I don't think we did in January even. So it was one of those moments where I'm like, I think this team's for real. Because Manchester City's inconsistencies mm-hmm. got the worst of them by the end. And um, 
in a lot of ways, they were better than anybody else in a lot of things. But man, they were so inconsistent. Yeah. One week winning five nil, next week losing, you know, two one. I had this conversation. I had this conversation at the bar, you know, and I was sitting there and I was saying, you know, if we played like a baseball series, like a seven game series, I feel like Man City would win that against Liverpool. I mean, I feel like they have enough talent. I think they have a deeper bench. Just personally, you know, people can argue whatever way sure. they want. But but you're right. They switched off to against lower competition. They mm-hmm. didn't. They I think they are having a hangover type of year. So. Um, they do still have the opportunity right now to continue their season legacy and yep. put a little icing on the cake. If they can get that Champions League, that would be probably something that their fans have been looking for. Yeah, and you know, I think Pep. You know, it's something that Pep, we don't talk about a lot with Pep Guardiola, but he really has, like, there's a point when he really has a drop-off. You saw it at Bayern on his, what, was it his third yeah. or fourth? Did yeah. he get make to, to a fourth season at Bayern? No, he only did. He only did the three. three. Yeah. But he has a drop-off in that time, and it's like he loses motivation or, I don't know, it's like he becomes disinterested. Hmm. I don't really feel like he's like that right now because he's still in Champions League. Yeah. But man, I I have a feeling the exit door could be close. I, I don't. I think if they depends if he's going to obviously stick through the next season. Okay. Well, for Fern Torres signed today with uh, uh, Man City, and yeah, you know he kind of great. He kind of touted the Pep Pep connection. So you know that's it, it, kind of funny too. When you when you think you're signing for a, a one one type of ideology, and then who knows, maybe whoosh, it comes. I mean, he's. These coaches are hired to be fired. Yeah, Let, let's be yeah. honest. They're, they're hired to be fired, and it's very rare that they can step down on their own accord. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and there's only a few managers even in world world football right now that I could even say are kind of like unfireable, and we probably have two of them at least in the Premier League right now. With between Klopp and and Pep, I think really no matter what they do, they're kind of like. I think both both of them can come out and have really poor starts to the season, and fan base and ownership's going to be like it's fine. Yeah, and yeah, but it's really hard to say that about literally any other uh, manager right now, at least in the league. Um, my my relegated team, Watford, they just they just, oh. they had a revolving door for coaches this year. They bring them in, they push them back out. Oh I mean, I, I thought I thought to myself, you know, there's two games left in the season. And you fire your coach. Is this the? Is this a? Is this a white flag moment, or was this a? Let's try to light a fire under the team. I, you know, I mean, nothing, nothing was going to work in that situation, and uh, you know, and, and I guess, I guess it's like, it's like when you have a, a guy at the helm, and you have an ideology, and you want to run with that, you know. The, the patience that a fan base has and an ownership group has is probably counterproductive to trying to instill something. I mean, I'm not saying Unai Emery was a good coach for Arsenal because he probably <laughs> wasn't, but you know, what, what he kind of talked about is he's limited by his options and he's trying to at least instill you know, an ideology. And, People don't like to hear that kind of stuff. You know, it, it, it's it's tough to it's tough. I mean, look, Klopp's got so much a wealth of luxury, right? I mean, he's he's got a lineup that just they exude talent, they exude confidence. They're 
coach. They're fast. They're strong. We've had the best throw-in coach in the entire world. <laughs> <laughs> they, you know, I mean, I, I mean, when you have that, it can make you look good. But then again, to be a coach of that kind of caliber of talent, you also have to have your own personality that supersedes the rest of everything else, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you can't you can't let somebody else kind of rule your space, yeah. if you will. And that's why I think when you say Pep. And, and when you say Klopp, Jurgen, you know, those guys kind of like they're coaches that that uh, players want to play for. It seems like they seem like they want to. They, they seem like there's a natural buy in whenever their, you know, their leadership presence is there. So, you know, I don't know what I kept. I, I feel like I'm talking in circles right now. <laughs> I probably jumped off a little bit. I haven't I haven't been just just, you know. Just for you guys listening out there, I haven't been really in the soccer world for the last, oh, probably about three weeks. I've watched uh, a couple games, and I've had uh, I've had uh, uh, moments where I could barely uh, take a look at the t- uh, take a look at the live soccer TV to see what was on TV because I I honestly didn't have the strength to really uh, invest in in, in uh, soccer I, i've been trying to work through some health stuff i don't know what i'm dealing with right now but you know i'm, I'm trying to uh i you know full disclosure i'm just trying to kind of pick up where these guys kind of know so i'm learning things today as <laughs> as we walked in and you know it's it's kind of like a quick uh crib notes for the final test so uh if i sound like i'm a little unintelligent about soccer going on around this time um, it's not because of a lack of passion. It's just, uh, you know, it's, it's I'm trying to pull it together as best as I can. So um, just just know I'll give you what I got, guys. <laughs> it's, it's all good. All good. Yeah, we're just glad we could make it back on, you know, get you back in the swing of things. Man, this is the most uh, effort and energy I've put forth to anything uh, in since the 12th of July. Um, and... I'm going to just say it's the most cathartic thing when you're when I'm in a battle with something I don't know what it is yet, and uh, I've been stymied by being at home, you know, or even under the care of my mom, uh, which is kind of lame but kind of beautiful altogether. And um, you know, I guess. I guess what I'm trying to say is that while you have your health, you should really try to, you know, uh, keep that. And um, I'm trying to get my health back so that I can be around with uh, more good stories to tell, uh, especially from the bar side of things. And, you know, um, um, not being around soccer kind of depletes your life energy, if if you will, because I couldn't believe, you know, how, how much I missed and... I would get text messages from a bunch of friends and stuff like that. And I just, you know, I think to myself, man, that was today or wow, I couldn't even get up for that. So um, with that being said, you know, I, I'm, I'm really happy. I'm really forward thinking about what the what, what's going on right now in the soccer world. And I'm trying to, this is kind of like a Kickstarter back for me. And I'm really happy to be here again. Yeah. No, it's it's. I'm glad that you could be here, man. And uh, you know, it's all right. I didn't even realize the Europa League starts tomorrow. So, and I'm like super in tune to everything. So I totally get it. 
<laughs> so does that mean Man United has to play? Yeah, which they're already up 5-0 aggregate against yeah. Lask or yeah. how, however you yeah, say it. Yeah, but second place team but, from Austria. But yeah. you got to go travel or what? They're, they're, they're at home. They're at yeah. home at least. Yeah. You know, but sometimes you have to make arrangements like that. Sure. Play. But, it, you know, just it's, it's funny that I was just like, what's going on? Who else do we have in Europa? <laughs> we have uh, uh, another uh, – uh, English team, right? yeah. Uh, Wolves is uh, Wolves yeah, at home right. to uh, Olympiacos. They uh, they played their first leg and tied one one. Um, so they they got a they're they're down on the way goals at the moment, yeah. but but they're at the Molineux. So yeah, I, I would think that they they could uh, pull that one around. Um, the other big ties that I've got written down here: Inter Milan versus Getafe, mm-hmm. and uh, they're playing that one at a neutral venue in Gelsenkirchen and and. In Germany, that's really uh, home of Schalke. Uh, for those who follow the Bundesliga, um, you know the Italian teams um, didn't want to travel to Spain. I believe. Um, mm. I think there was concerns about uh, the spikes in, the, in in Spain when they were rescheduling. So got it. That tie along with Roma Sevilla, um, they're playing that one at, at Duisburg, um, another German uh, German city. So. Uh, that's a one-off game for both of those, um, and I believe that will wrap up the round of sixteen. Uh, yeah, that's the end of the round of sixteen. I yeah. think all of these are round of sixteen for both Champions League yeah. as well. And and the idea after they get through these these fixtures is that they'll go to a bubble style tournament like we were seeing with MLS and NBA, um, where they'll have all the teams in one city um, use the stadium. For the Champions League, they're playing in Lisbon. Um, I forget where they're playing the Europa League, uh, but they have a similar setup where they'll have a, a bubble tournament and mm-hmm. everyone will come in, and, and that way they're restricting the travel. And um, which seems to be the best. I mean, that seems to be the best option. That's why I don't think the NFL season's gonna really happen the way that they conceive of it right now i just don't see like they're expanding the rosters on top of all of this it's like all right let's add more people and more problems but um no i'm excited i'm just happy to see you know even though liverpool's not involved with it it's actually kind of a nice little break yeah from from it just to have like four weeks off where i can yeah and uh as long as manchester city doesn't win i really don't care who wins the champions league (laughs) so so just to to run through the champions league uh man city's got to play real madrid they're up 2-1 they'll be at home so they're in the driver's seat on that one chelsea's got bayern munich um they're down 3-0 um and I believe they're away. So yeah, they're away. Yeah, so I think they're kind of on the outside looking in on that one. Uh, Barcelona's got Napoli. Um, they're tied one-one. Barcelona's got the away goal, and Lyon's got Juventus. Um, and they're, they're up one-nil on Juventus at the moment. Juve's at home that game. Yep. So I, and. Lyon hasn't played since uh, since the pandemic hit. Uh, the French league canceled their season right when it all went down. Um, so they've been—I don't even know if they've been playing friendlies. I know PSG has set up a couple friendlies here and there. They played Celtic. Uh, they played some. Uh, they played uh, a French cup game. But aside from that, there really hasn't been much going on for the French teams. Um, yeah. RB Leipzig versus Atletico is. The first quarterfinal uh, matchup that's 
confirm Atalanta is playing PSG. Um, it'll be interesting to see if Mbappe comes back from injury or not for that one. Atalanta, um, they uh, they finished third in Serie A. They're kind of like the the hipster pick right now. Uh, they scored 99 goals in their season, so yeah. they're, they're attack heavy. That's, they're fun to watch. It still blows my mind that. Atalanta. Did they finish? They finished second in the. They day? finished third. Third. Okay. Right I know they were. Yeah, right they were right there. there though. And they're just the one of the oddest teams in the last year and a half. And my phone now uh, auto corrects Atlanta to Atalanta, <laughs> just <laughs> nice. to give you an idea of how much I've typed Atalanta <laughs> in the last year. Um, and uh, I just, I just looked up. I was like, oh, has Lyon uh, done anything? They've had some. They've had quite a few friendlies since the beginning of July. They've won all of them except for uh, a 2-0 loss to Rangers. Oh, wow. And it looks like maybe the Scottish teams must have done a tour of France. Mm -hmm. Um, I did see that teams in France have fans in the stands, which is interesting. They're the only major league to completely cancel, and they're also the first one to bring fans back. Interesting. So it's worth looking at the PSG highlights just to see people in the stands cheering goals. It's kind of like <laughs> are they doing old spacing yeah. or anything like that? Yeah, or? it's it was greatly reduced sections and you know, but there were people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, guys. Uh, sorry about the abrupt break. We we ran out of time on the on the anchor on the stream. Um, I'm going to switch gears back a little bit to, uh, to focus on the Liverpool um, fan group here in, uh, in Toledo. Colin, we, we were talking a little bit off air. Um, there's, I know there's been rumors of a potential Liverpool official chapter mm-hmm. in Toledo. Um, can you give us a little bit more detail on that? Yeah, sure. Um, so I was really hoping to get uh, an official Liverpool supporters uh, club off of the ground. Um, this past spring and try to, you know, try to find as many Liverpool supporters and um, try to connect with them, especially here in Northwest Ohio. And uh, it's, it's really difficult. You have to have, I don't, I think it's 25 official members of the club. You have to, there's a lot of hoops you have to jump through basically. Um, Even have like president elections and you have to prove it all to the club. And then you have to follow certain standards and it's, it's an intense process. That said, I really do want to get it off the ground in the next year. Um, but in the meantime, if you are a Liverpool supporter, um, definitely um, consider you know becoming a, an official member and linking to the LFC Detroit group. Um, I've spent time with them. They have a really great Facebook page. Um, and they don't mind that I live in Toledo and they allow me to be a part of it. Um, and, uh, they do all of their stuff at, um, oh, now the name of the bar is completely escaping me. Um, Hudson or, um, what's the bar that you guys are going to go to? Man, I'm, hang on, it'll come back. And you guys um, put me on the spot. (laughs) Oh yeah. Sorry. I I, I drifted away. Sorry. Uh, I forgot the name of it, but they, they've got a bar that they all, um, do their stuff up in Detroit, and I'm just gonna like kind of look it up right now. Thomas McGee's. There you go. Thomas I've McGee's. said it too on previous podcasts. Yeah. It's been so yeah. long since wow. I've been out. And I've been there several times. Um, you know, kind of back when we uh, Full Ninety was putting together a trip to, I believe the um, it was gonna be the Merseyside Derby. Yeah. We were gonna do, I think it was like a 
the game of course got moved to a Monday. It just like everything was against us to try to like make this trip happen. And then, you know, COVID happened and didn't even happen in the first place. So um, what I'm trying to get at is I I really do, you know, check out Thomas McGee's um, for, you know, LFC Detroit stuff too. Uh, really great group. I met a, a few of them at the Ann Arbor friendly a couple years ago when uh, Liverpool played uh, Manchester United. And uh, yeah, they're a really great group. Um, you can also look up, uh, there is an LFC Toledo Facebook page. I'm, I haven't been super active, if I'm being honest, because I mostly just go to the Detroit group. But um, I know that there's a lot of Liverpool supporters around here, some new, some old. I've met a few guys that are actually from uh, Liverpool in the area through the years, too, or from, uh, you know, I met a guy from Ireland that grew up traveling over to Liverpool on a yearly basis. So, you know, there's I know there's a lot of passionate fans out there. So, um, yeah, feel free to look that up and I know, I know Sean has a few of those uh, contacts too with other, the other Liverpool supporters. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Too. yeah so. We try to try to build that base and mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it, it's fun, right? I yeah. Mean, oh, it's so much fun. And you know, if you're somebody that hasn't spent time watching it with other people, it's, it really will change the way you feel about the sport and kind of takes all that energy you get when you actually do have fans in the stands. And then, you know, we're, you get to have some really great, uh, really, really great um, experiences that I won't forget. I mean, even watching us lose to Real Madrid a couple years ago in the Champions League final <laughs> with everybody at the Full 90 uh, watch party was was a great experience. I still cheered for Mane's goal like we had just won the World Cup. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, of course, uh, Gareth Bale happened to us. So, um, but yeah, I, I, I cannot wait to be able to watch everything with other people again. <laughs> I'm sure you feel the same way. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, it has been a long time since we've all been able to get back out to the full 90 in person. So, you know, it definitely is something that is is missed and, you know, just connecting with other people that you know are fans, you know. Yeah, and it's kind of wild if you think, like, this next season, in a way, starts at the end of the month with the community. uh, The community shield, which is on the, I think, the 28th or 29th of this month. Oh, really? Yeah, that's and that's going to be, well, with Arsenal winning the FA Cup, they'll face Liverpool. Um, That's traditionally the winner of the FA Cup and the winner of the Premier League. So, you know, we've got that here at the end of the month and uh, things just keep on rolling right after that. I think the, what's the official start date? Is it September 12th? I believe so. Or that weekend? Yeah. For the Premier League? The the teams that are in Europe will have a staggered start time depending on when they finish up. I know that they they need a certain number of weeks off in between the end of the the European campaign Mm -hmm. and the start of our, the new season for the Premier League. And yeah. Yeah, depending on how results go, you know, it could, you know, Wolves, Manchester United, um, Man City certainly seem like they'll be, yeah, you know, progressing further. I'm, I'm just gonna throw this out here. I think Manchester City is gonna lose this weekend, and I think they're gonna get knocked out of the Champions League. You hear, heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think they're at a disadvantage of being at home against a team that's tenaciously able to win Champions League games for some reason, uh, no matter who plays for Real Madrid or anything, I think that they're going to win. But we'll, we'll see. Yeah, <laughs> That means that Manchester City is going to win 5-0, by the way. <laughs> I mean, you know, 
we got you know Real Madrid um, coming off a, a season where they actually they finally wrestled back La Liga from from Barcelona, yeah. who seemed to be like stumbling down the yeah you no know, in the season and giving the game away mm-hmm. to uh, to them and um, and you know ben, Benzema's been really excellent this season and uh, I don't know I think that I think we could see some really big I mean I would hardly hardly call Real Madrid beating Manchester City an upset, yeah. really, other than the fact that they're down an aggregate score. But um, that's my and little Man City has two away goals. So They do have two away goals, but all it takes is, uh, I mean, it wouldn't take much for Real Madrid to come back. And right. they've already got that one goal. They get another. I, I don't know. I, I've, I have no idea. I mean, there was that, <laughs> what was that? a couple of years ago, was that crazy game. Well, it was last year, Man City, Tottenham, right? Yeah, I, mean, I mean, really one of the most spectacular games <laughs> I've ever watched. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I, I think, um, I think, you know, this shorter off season is going to be really interesting. I really do think the transfer window is going to be very weird. Yeah. And, you know, with the, the Champions League and Europa League, after they, they finish up this, this round of games, everything is a, a one-off match. So yep. you won't have these two-legged games where you're saying, okay, who's got away goals now? It's, you know, yeah. one and done type of a scenario. So yeah. that'll add a, a little bit of spice to that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, just trying to, let's try to put a little wrap on the uh, the Premier League season before we, we get too far into these predictions. Sure. Um, you know, going back over, uh, you know, obviously Liverpool are champions, Man City, Manchester United and Chelsea round out the top four. Um, Leicester fell into that Europa League spot on the last day of the season. Um, Tottenham also finished in the Europa League. Um, they beat out Wolves for that. Um, Arsenal get a Europa League spot with that FA Cup win over uh, Chelsea at, at this past weekend. And at the bottom, obviously, there was a lot of drama with Aston Villa uh, beating Arsenal in the next last game to jump out of the relegation zone and then grabbing a point away at West Ham mm-hmm. um, on the final day to secure their their safety, which, you know, Bournemouth was right there. Ugh. They had beat Everton on the last day and uh, yeah. only one point separated um, Bournemouth from uh, safety. And uh, they're actually bringing a legal case to the Premier League right now. Um, because they, of the uh, because the of VAR, the first game back from the shutdown, Aston Villa played Sheffield United, and there was a clear and obvious goal off of a free kick where the goalkeeper kind of fell backwards across the line and then jumped back up and, and ran out with the ball. Um, and Hawkeye, the uh, um, goal line the tech, goal line yeah. tech, they um, claimed that there was an, an obtrusion. They had some weird word for it. And, yeah. Uh, basically, it was like a one in a billion chance that every camera angle was um, obscured from the view of the goal. So, um, Bournemouth claims that you know if they had been awarded that goal, that Sheffield United had been given that goal, then they would have gotten three points, and then Aston Villa would be relegated, and Bournemouth would stay up. I, I mean, it's a hard case to make. Yeah. I don't think it's really gonna change any of the outcome. Um, no, and you know they do have a. I, I do feel bad for Bournemouth in a way. In, in a way, yes. <laughs> I, you know, at the same time, there's a lot of other things you can point at for Bournemouth's struggles. Um, 
you know, one of the things um, I'm just looking at, you know, they conceded 65 goals this season, <laughs> you know, which is, I, in my opinion, I think that's too many goals to concede. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> um, and, uh, you know, and it seemed like they never had that striker they could bring on that would change it. Uh, Callum Wilson being injured, it seems like perpetually or yeah. coming back from injury. Um, they buy literally every Liverpool reject for way too much money, which I do yeah. appreciate, you know, as a result of like selling Dominic Solanke and like others, we've been able to invest in other parts of this, the team. And so in a way I'm like, you know, thanks for the Jordan Ibe money. Um, I hope he enjoys the championship next year. Yeah. Um, but I also feel bad because I think Eddie Howe's probably one of the best stories of the last five years and now is no longer yeah. uh, manager of Bournemouth. And I think he probably should have become Arsenal's manager maybe a couple of years ago when Ooh. he came up in the conversation and now Eddie Howe is probably going to be, I don't know. He's think, not very flashy. Yeah, he's, he, so he did um, mutually part ways with Bournemouth at the end of the season, um, probably to take a, a bit of a sabbatical, really. Um, I don't see him as the type of person to jump into a new job. Um, he briefly managed Burnley for mm -hmm. a year. Yep. Um, he, he, was, he had brought Bournemouth up to the championship, um, kind of stabilized them there, and then had jumped to Burnley was only there for about a year. He decided he was really kind of homesick for, for Bournemouth and went back to um, take them on and, and brought them into the Premier League. So mm -hmm. he seems like the type of person who, once he finds a spot that he is comfortable, he'll he'll stick it out and really put in the effort yeah. to, to make the situation good. Yeah. Um, you, know, the pro a, you know, the biggest problem with Eddie Howe, though, is he's just so – he's – He's not very charismatic as like a public mm -hmm. figure, and I can't see a major club taking on somebody that doesn't have a personality. Yeah. So I think I'm, I don't know. I he, think he's a he's a boyhood Evertonian. So like, for, for yeah. many of these for Everton fans, you know, we've seen uh, after Roberto Martinez got um, got sacked, we had Komen for a year. We had. Sam Allardyce, we've had Marco Silva, and every time Eddie Housing keeps popping up, and you just kind of wish that they would just give it to him or, or you know make a run at him. Carlo Ancelotti obviously is a very um, well recognized name in world soccer, and um, clearly he's doing a much better job than Marco Silva and getting the best out of a squad that has no talent whatsoever. Um, <laughs> but you know, and Eddie Howe seems like a, a type of character that Everton would really blend well with, kind of that traditional English um, background and um, kind of fits like a, a little bit. He, he reminds me a lot of David Boys from like 15 years ago where, you know, stable, cool head, you know, can kind of yeah. pick pieces up and, and make them better. Um, you know, he had a few hit, hit and miss uh, transfer dealings, but, you know, Callum Wilson, Josh King, Ryan Fraser, you know, before he soured on on the Burn, the Bournemouth yeah. project, you know, those are the types of players you pick up for you know minuscule transfer fees yeah. and um, you know Ake especially, yeah. Yeah. you know, you pick him up from Chelsea. Now you're going to resell him on for double what you paid. And, yeah, I believe what forty one million to Manchester City is what's being uh, yeah. reported for that. I don't think that deal is official, but it sounds pretty close. He's a cool assume. player. Oh, like, yeah. like. no, Ake is. I, I mean, I think. I think it's a pretty solid pickup for City. If, um, you know, if we want to talk about a quick transfer update. There haven't been a ton of transfer 
uh, updates or official ones. Um, you know, I guess we could, if we're going to talk about transfers, we can mention uh, Chelsea's moves as well mm. uh, oh, yeah. for Timo Werner, which is official, um, which I, is an excellent <laughs> pickup and, you know, a player that's been linked to Liverpool for two, three years at this yeah. point. And um, I think even publicly he stated he wanted to play for Liverpool. So um, at the same time, it seemed like a lot of money and he was wanting every game, game time. And, you know, he was sold on the Chelsea project, which I, I'm certainly not sold on it yet. I think their defense is still absolutely terrible. <laughs> um, I think they're the 12th best defense, if you want to call it 12th yeah. best. And um, – <laughs> Eighth worst. <laughs> um, and, you know, he, I, I think that, you know, Frank Lampard needs to figure out how to manage in tight situations. And he's obviously still has a lot to learn, but man, he's getting these big signings and yeah. rumor of Kai Havertz. Yeah. As so, well. you know, Chelsea's already signed Hacking Zayek from Ajax, who was mm, really pivotal right. for them in their Champions League run. Yeah. They picked him up, you know way before even COVID really um, was happening. And, you know, he's been lined up. Um, Maybe since know. January, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, along with, if they get Havertz too, you know, they've got a lot of attacking pieces, but then you've got your, um, you know, defensive line that has a lot of pieces that are not coming good, like Christensen and Keppa. Keppa's not doing great either. I mean, they've had, they, they've dropped him and brought him, Willie Caballero to deputize, which it's you know wild. He's, he's not Emmy, uh, he's not Martin. Uh, I, I, what was his name? Martinez. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah he, Caballero was kind of looked like a kind of looked like a nice uh, goalie to have to go against in the FA Cup final. Yeah, I, I was like, man, I, you know, it's like it's like uh, it reminds me of like a little bit of a Tigers baseball for a while. We had like powerhouse hitters. Excellent pitchers. Our relief was just horrible. I mean, yeah. you know, everybody has that strong arm. If you only have one part of your team strong, you know, I mean, even watching Chelsea's backfield, you know, that, the defense looked, the defense looked pedestrian, really. I mean, I mean, they had, they have decent players, but it just doesn't, you know, it just doesn't look great. Yeah, it just like Chelsea right now is like Lamborghini engine with like uh like a pontiac aztec rear you know <laughs> like like they're like they're so loaded in the front and even like attacking midfield but man kurt zuma was terrible during the fa cup final yeah. it's just they have so many problems that i'm like it, for a team that has as much depth as i actually think that they do in a lot of positions and they've got like Hundred players out on loan. That might be an exaggeration, but you know, <laughs> pretty close. <yeah. laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm just really yeah. surprised that they're willing to spend another yeah. sixty million on another attacking midfielder or something. Yeah, so. I think I think their next move is actually going to be for uh, Ben Showell from from Leicester. I think they're trying to oh, get the money gathered yeah. up for that. Um, they're trying to sell Marcus Alonso. You know, William Williams on the he's free. Verge of, yeah, yeah, he's free to go at, in a free, few days. I free believe. Him up. Um, and, Potentially heading your way to Arsenal. Yeah, um, I, I will never understand the Chelsea to Arsenal, Arsenal to Chelsea thing. That 
happens. I players just don't want to move very far. <laughs> yeah, they they, they want keep to the same apartment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they, they like their house, but they don't want to uh, stay at the clubs. That always blew my mind. You, you would never see yeah. that happen in Liverpool and Everton. Like it's just never. That would never happen. <laughs> it happens very rarely. I, I know that. That's for sure. Um, real quick, uh, we've kind of run over the uh, season with the table um, wrap up, but. Can you give us a little bit of insight on how that FA Cup game went as an Arsenal fan? You know, you know finishing ninth to uh, getting silverware. It's yeah, obviously a great I mean, you know, this eight. this opened up. It was a big breath of hope for the squad. Um, you, you start the game off. Um, I looked at our lineup. Uh, apparently, we played our strong suit, probably minus Saka on the bench. But that was always a, you know another thing that the coach could draw upon later on in the game. But, but to me, you know, we started our, our best lineup that uh, had experience, had strength, had some stability. And I was like, okay, you know, this is the best of what we have right now. And, uh, you know, I, I, I chime in and the first 20 minutes, Chelsea looked like, I mean, Arsenal had a couple chances, but Chelsea looked like they were going to take it to us. Mm-hmm. Um, Christian Pulisic. Christian Pulisic. Pulisic. <laughs> they had a hell of a goal. But that, that assist. Uh, by Giroud was nuts. I mean, it kind of it kind of was a delay stall thing where he was able to bring both the defenders his way, mm-hmm. and and then just leave a ball off for you know uh, CP and you know that was cool. And um, unfortunately, Chelsea started getting dinged up pretty quick in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, Chelsea also probably got the probably had a little more of the foul issues going on in the game. Um, and, and I think those things can start to seep into your team's mentality uh, and, and how you can, you know, approach it. A few thoughts on the game. Number one, goals were great. Um, the, the Ava penalty kick, you know, that, that, was, that felt such a relief to me that, that there was a penalty in the box, not, not on the edge or something like that. I know it could have been anywhere, but, you know, it was, I think it was the right call. Yeah. Um, I do feel some concern about just just the game itself um, when 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 it's such a big game and there's things like VAR. Um, I I don't know. I still haven't educated myself well enough to know what they can go back to and what they can't. But in the instance of Martinez, I think he had a real innocent type of thing where he. I, I don't think it was intentional. Like I don't think it was one of those things where I'm going to use my hands to mm-hmm. stop the play, mm-hmm. but I definitely think he was handball. Yeah. I think he, he, he was handling the ball outside of the box. Yeah. And and that looks like it's pretty clear on, on tape. You had the whole Chelsea team, well, at least, uh, what's their striker's name? Uh, the tall... Giroud? No, the other guy. Um, Abraham. Abraham. Yeah, Tammy Abraham. He was sitting there like irate and and you know to be honest with you you know i could see in his eyes that he wasn't doing it just to try to you know stop the game or get some call it was are you kidding me you have a linesman you have a referee and you have something like var but yet this thing's at least a foot over the line Mm -hmm. and you guys you know the human error can happen I mean, the hand of God, if you remember that. I mean, the, the human error happens. But 
you know, when you have this thing like VAR and there's so much action being brought, attention being brought to that situation, I would have thought that there was something that could have been done. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we also saw later on in the game, uh, who, who got the red card in the game? Oh, Kovacic. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I thought, I thought he got jobbed, man. I, yeah. I think that, uh, I think that the uh, fact that it was a second yellow deal. Now, Kovacic played rough in the game, um, but, you know, I think that – is that one of those things where your um, reputation goes ahead of you or the way you've been playing in the game kind of makes makes the referee go, oh, that's a foul right there. It's on him. It's on this guy. Because, you know, I, I think that what we really saw is just a kind of a free ball and kind of two players who – you know, you're going to call a foul on one of the two, but I didn't think it was the also, yellow card. Also, Xhaka acted like he got, like, like there was a sniper on the roof and shot him. And he did a great job at selling that foul. He was, a, he was the recipient on both the yellows, wasn't he? I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure he was. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was, they, those two tangled. Yeah, the whole time. The whole time. And also, like you mentioned, Chelsea got called on every foul they did, and Arsenal just simply was not fouling. And they were playing – they were playing back. They were not playing Arsenal football no. for most of that. Like, you know, I always think free-flowing attack, pass, pass, beautiful. Yeah. You know, and the, Arsenal was not playing that way except for their, – Their goal kicks are very the, – the, do you notice that since he's come in with, you know, he's got the – he's trying to play like Pep at Man City where they've yeah. got, you know, the goalkeeper and the two center backs are basically on the touchline yeah. – and then they bring in that guy right at the top of the box, yep. and it's just like, and I mean, it, when it when it works, it works, and it's beautiful, but it's just very yeah. high risk. <laughs> and also, they've given it to David Luiz for all of his faults. One of the few things he's really good at is pinging those long passes over yeah. the middle of the field, and that's all they did. That was the attack. He would just ping it over the top, and it worked yeah. twice. It basically led to the penalty and the mm-hmm. that. Absolutely amazing up on see, the ankle. <laughs> see, see, uh, in in short doses, in short doses, I think that a player like like um, Louise or you know, I, I think back to Pierre Mertesacker. I mean, they still have skill, but their physicality and their ability to cover space has to be based on their intellect rather than their actual physical ability. And with Louise, he still has the ability to pinpoint those passes. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's things where him joining I saw him joining the attack and I was like, Yeah, you know, this is gonna be this is gonna be one heck of a uh, <laughs> this is gonna be one heck of a run back. Yeah. Because and, and you could even say like the first goal was I mean, not entirely Louise's fault, but he was the one that I think he was the one that became like the one on one defender trying yeah. to figure out which direction to go and obviously the entire arsenal defense got split on that but yeah obviously it didn't matter and also we i think we would be remiss if we didn't mention pulisic's uh injury no doubt That's and what I was saying. man that uh when he by the way to see somebody pull their hammy that hard you can see it you can actually see like every single uh, pit oh yeah. it looked terrible and then get a shot away is really wild and it was on target and I don't know how he did that. Like, he still was able to bring his leg back. And you can see there's a really great still image where he's, like, bringing back for a shot. And you can just see pure absolute yeah, pain. pain in his face. But uh, I hope he's back soon. I, you know, certainly not a Chelsea fan. But I, I really 
I like the flashes I saw from Pulisic this last, you know, that since COVID yeah. uh, came, you know, the comeback at least. So. Yeah, and especially for him this this season, Lampard had said you need to be more productive on terms of goals and assists, mm-hmm. and he's definitely delivered yeah. that. He's got to um, be looking over his shoulder now too. Now yeah. he's got you know Zayic, he's got Werner. Which you know, both of them can play in his position. They can play Mason Mount at, at that spot. Havertz, if they get him. Yeah. I mean, there's lots of options up front now for Chelsea, and you know, hopefully for him, if he can just get a run where he's healthy, um, he actually you know can make a difference for one of these top teams in England. So yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I felt really bad for him. In terms of Arsenal, hopefully uh, we get to see more of the same from them. You know, the, especially this game against uh, Man City and, and this FA Cup game final. Um, they yeah. were showing that they can yeah. actually compete still. And, we'll you know, Arteta is... And, and beat Liverpool, too. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, and that game yeah, is, that, you know, I mean, we, we were maybe on the ale still. You guys, <laughs> you guys are still... I mean, you know, that, there's no joke about that. You, sometimes you win a game, yeah. uh, and other times the other team just didn't capitalize on their opportunities. Yeah. Because... Really, it, as much as I'd love to say we beat Liverpool, I think, you know, that's a tough one. I mean, it, a win's a win, but you don't, that wasn't, yeah. you guys could have beat, again. The stats were pretty wild. Yeah, <laughs> all the stuff was thrown yeah. out the window. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I think you guys had, like, what, about 70-something percent possession, oh, at least. 80% maybe. I don't know how many shots and I mean, stuff we had, and it was kind of crazy. I play a lot of football manager, and oh, nice. there's, like, a thing. It's, like, being, if, to get uh, FM'd um, is to lose a game when you play it, and you have, like, you have your team has, like, 30-plus shots on target, and you lose 1-0 somehow, and they don't even have a shot on target somehow, and you, like, score, they score, like, a home goal. That's how that game felt to me yeah. in real life. <laughs> it's funny. Um, in the championship, Luton, um, they, they survived on the last day of the season. Yeah. They won 3-2 to two against Blackburn. They only had one shot on target the whole game. Two of them were own goals. And the one goal, and one goal they had the shot on target, it was a penalty kick. <laughs> So that's, that's like, that is a very similar well, situation. That's, that's football manager right yeah. there. <laughs> um. Okay, we're back again. Um, before we, we go, I thought we'd uh, give a little shout out to the newly promoted teams. Um, we got Leeds United and uh, West Brom. We knew we're coming back. They were the top two teams in the um, championship. And the playoffs just wrapped up this afternoon, and we have found out that Fulham will be returning. They're after a couple of yo-yos up and down. Um, they they won the playoff final today against Brentford two to one. Both all three goals coming in uh, in the extra time period. Um, so exciting to see them back. Yeah. Uh, familiar name that we we especially Americans uh, know a lot about, having had. A lot of uh, American players pass through there, and their owner is the uh, the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah they he's, he's he's quite the character. Yeah. He tried to buy Wembley a few years ago. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> he saw that Michael Jackson statue yeah. outside of the Fulham Stadium, which is no longer there. Yeah. Um, but which is just like the weirdest. And that was there. That was the old. That was the old owner. He, oh, that he, was also oh, my, my bad. Guy. That was the guy yeah. before. My yeah. bad. I don't want to mix up the but, but eccentric. But Khan is also very weird. <laughs> and also, I just gotta say about Brentford. 
I think that's their ninth playoff final that they've lost in oh. like the last 25 years. <sighs> and I just really feel for their fans. So if there happens to be a Brentford supporter out there, <laughs> I am so sorry. I can't even imagine. Yeah. So. <laughs> they, at least they're, things are looking up for them. They've got a brand new stadium they're opening up in the, in the next season. Um, they've got a very innovative uh, uh, setup there. Um, they, I believe they work with uh, uh, the Moneyball guy. Uh, oh yeah, Billy name? Bean. Billy Bean, yeah, he's he's worked with the club, uh, trying to set up uh, a better scouting system, and, and um, they really target players from like Denmark and, and France who are really under quote unquote undervalued, um, and they they turn them into a, an exciting team, and uh, they've got instead of a traditional academy team, they've got a B squad that they send around Europe to play the top um, reserve teams from. Um, Champions League type teams like PSG. This is why I hang out with Jake because um, he knows all this stuff. Yeah, I so I didn't even know that. <laughs> Brentford set up for success eventually, um, just not this year. Apparently, they they really stumbled out um, when they had a chance to to grab promotion this year. But uh, Leeds, obviously, with Bielsa, um, they're setting the pace there. Um, we're really looking forward to seeing them next year with their high energy, high pressing system. Um, West Brom, uh, familiar name for everyone. Um, Slavon Bilic is their manager. Um, I think they'll be uh, tradition. You know, we, we know what we see when we we see West Brom, and they'll be. Uh, I have to say, of the three upcoming teams, uh, West Brom is the one I was. I'm just like not. I'm dreading every single too. match. <laughs> like that's gonna be that that NBC game that somehow they get like the top billing for the mm-hmm. week, and we're like, why is West Brom? <laughs> Uh, the featured game this week, but <laughs> yeah, I'm not we'll, looking we'll forward see. to that. I hope they're exciting. Yeah, they're definitely, um, definitely in a bit of a behind the eight ball situation. You know, normally a promoted team comes up and they get three months of transfer window to bring in new players to bet in. Um, they only have like a month turnaround. I think we were talking the September 12th is is the start of the new season. Um, so you know, really. Not a lot of time to bring in any reinforcement and um, get into get them to bet in before the season kicks off again. So, um, you know, teams like you know in the Premier League, you, you know, Everton is a team that needs a lot of new players. You know, Manchester United is trying to get new players in. Um, this is a this will be a weird off season where we don't see too many transfers, I don't think. And um, so it'll be interesting um, going forward. Yeah. Uh, Real quick to, to wrap things up, uh, I think we were going to go around and maybe pick out like a player of the season and um, try to do some predictions for the Champions League. So I'll kick it off. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll kick it off. Ooh. Okay, so player of the season. I kind of said this earlier. I, I really do think that Kevin De Bruyne was. I think he was just without a doubt the best individual performer this season. Um, to see some of his passes and some of those uh, assists that he had this season, big goals. You know, he really is a special player that we get to watch. Um, Kind of reminds me in a way of Eden Hazard a few years ago when Mm. he was kind of like really dragging Chelsea along and kind of a couple of times. He would sometimes – De Bruyne was sometimes the only player on City that – that had that consistency that they required this season. And one of the reasons I think they fell short in the league is they didn't have that consistency across their entire team. You know, Sterling had that really great 
start, and then he just disappeared for a huge portion of the season. De Bruyne's been there since day one, uh, and as much as I want to say that I I think Sadio Mane is also could easily be in this contention, um, I, I think that the overall consistency of De Bruyne just barely beats out Mane, in my opinion, this season. Wow. And and even though I think I think Mane is maybe like he was the most electric player, but I don't know if he was the best. And man, it's just Kevin De Bruyne. It's really hard to and that, that's me as a hardcore Liverpool supporter. <laughs> so but hey, let's just remember Kevin De Bruyne grew up a Liverpool supporter. So <laughs> um, so Kev the Red, come on over, bud. <laughs> I don't care that you're what, twenty nine. Yeah. <laughs> uh I think for me, um, yeah, De Bruyne obviously is probably for the whole season he was definitely the best player. Um, but if you look at since he's come into the league, I think Bruno Fernandez of uh, Manchester United. So, now I've taken still on my thunder. Team. I was talking about him last podcast, dude. He's, I mean, ever since he came into that lineup, Manchester United has been a completely different team. I think, and um, he's really clicked with Martial and uh, Rashford and uh, brought Greenwood along as well. Um, if they get in Sancho in this offseason, I'm a little worried that Greenwood will get shuffled out to the side, um, shuffled to the bench, and um, kind of sad that he might not develop quite as much. But um, if you know they add Sancho into that attack with Fernandez and those pieces, that you know that could be a, an exciting team to watch. Um, really push a Liverpool or a Man City next year and and really kick on. Um, the other the other player I, I enjoyed watching um, was uh, Raul Jimenez from from Wolves. Mm. He was, um, yeah. you know, Mexican striker for, for Wolves, uh, kind of under the radar. He um, He's just a really dynamic striker and his movement's really great. And uh, watching Adama Traore run down the wing and then pick him out with a pinpoint cross is just uh, a very fun thing to watch. Oh. So. Um, John, any, any last thoughts on, on players? Man, I steal all the players because I got to go third. I was definitely saying, man, Bruno Fernandez. Like, in the back of my mind, once mm-hmm. I knew De Bruyne was being mentioned, I was like, I'm going to go to this wonder kid, Bruno. But, you know, um, really, I mean, you know, you guys got so many different things. I mean, we, we talked about Jordan Henderson. He had a great year yeah. this year. I don't think he had the best year of all the players, but you know, still that he he was a bright light. I think you said that they didn't face. What, so, I don't know. There was some stat about when he's on the field. I can't yeah. recall what it is, but yeah, I don't know the exact. But basically, Liverpool plays more like Liverpool when Jordan Henderson's yeah. on the field. Mm. Then it's kind of backed up by passing stats and. Uh, like they need him. Like you know, he wasn't. He wasn't part of that Arsenal yeah. game that we lost. Right. No, I and, sense that. And uh, you know, when he got injured at the end of the season, there was definitely like a, a drop, definite drop in mm-hmm. our midfield, which is interesting because I would say, like in a lot of ways, the midfields were stronger. Yeah. And uh, it was really great to see Keita come really good at the end of the season too. But I, I, I also I would I have to mention like my most surprising player this season without a doubt was Danny Ings. Oh yeah. I mean, oh, he yeah. was incredible, and to think that he basically was injured the entire time he was at Liverpool with a really bad knee injury to come back and play 
almost the entire season. Yeah. I think he only missed a couple games for minor injuries. You know, he's playing for a team that um, I believe is his hometown team. He grew up uh, supporting Southampton. Um, he seems really comfortable there. The fans love him. I mean, this is a Southampton team that got destroyed, destroyed earlier in the season, 9-0 to Leicester. That's right. Yeah. And since that game, uh, Southampton has actually gotten more points than Leicester. It's like 54 to 50, or like the oh. breakdown of the number of points. So ever since Southampton had that happen. So I, I think Danny Ings is going to be um, – he's kind of my surprise or comeback player of the year is, you know. Yeah. I, what? I, have to mention him. <laughs> what, what I, you know, one, one player that I kind of think about this kind of I'm not saying he's the greatest player this year or anything like that, but is the scoring title leader in Jamie Vardy. Mm -hmm. I think that's yeah, pretty yeah. impressive to be able to continue to rock and roll the way he has been. And just to think about his story and, you know, kind of being just a workhorse type of guy. And uh, Lester was a 5,001 team at one point years ago and now they're looking quite insulated as a top contender i mean they, they well, i'm excited to watch them um i i know that they have some lethal skill and those are the kind of things that i'm you know i i think to myself that uh you know jamie vardy kind of embodies that that team and putting away as many goals as he has yeah. he just he has a knack for that um yeah. they just need to figure out how to you know Get their rest of their, especially strikers, in on you know Jamie Vardy type uh, levels because Ian Acho's man, I I don't know. I just feel like he just does not have to score a goal to save his, his <laughs> life. No, you know he can put him one on one with a goal the size of a barn, and he will somehow find a way to miss it. But I so I, I um but yeah, and you know Leicester it was an interesting team this year. Um, you know, a lot of really good performers that kind of all dropped off by the end, except, you know, Vardy was at least maintaining his goal scoring at the end. But, yeah. You know, they were really hurt by their injuries um, by the by the end. That's why they, I think, missed out top four. And also, mm -hmm. Brendan Rodgers does not know how to close out a season yeah. um, unless he's at Celtic. So, uh, which, yeah, you know. <laughs> and uh, I've experienced maybe Brendan Rodgers falling apart at the end of a season before. I don't know. <laughs> it's not that I have any experience as a Liverpool. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Uh, f funny Ihenacho fact. Uh, he actually was on, um, he came to the Columbus Crew one year. Um, he was at Man City's Academy. <laughs> so he was like a guest player for a couple of games and he scored like five goals in a closed door friendly um, <laughs> Man City. So Man City have a team in MLS, New York City FC and uh, Claudio Reyna was there. Um, he was a player that played for Man City. He was the GM at New York City FC. And so he gave him to Burhalter um, to just kind of run him out. And at that point he was full of confidence and, you know, the crew were like hot to sign him and, uh, you know, they brought him back and thought he would really take off in, in the Premier League with, with Man City. And then he's, I, it must be a confidence thing. Once yeah. you, you got to get him going. But, you know, if he yeah. can just find the right place, maybe he could uh, really yeah. take off. I yeah. know Everton, you know, I wanted him to sign for Everton. But then <laughs> after he's a couple of years of luster, you know, you yeah. can say, okay, maybe we dodged yeah. a bullet there. Yeah. Who's, who's your Everton uh, player of the year? 
Uh, <laughs> well, hey, Leighton Baines is now retired. Poor Leighton Baines. You He's know. retired now, right? He is retired, okay. yes. Uh, He's probably not your player this season, but I, would, I mean, is it Richarlison? Rich, He's about the only one who does anything. Him and Calvert Lewin up front, which, you know, they're on it. Unfortunately, the way they play is a, a kind of a 4 4 2 formation. Um, and Richarlison and, and Calvert Lewin are a bit on an island for the, from the rest of the team. So, yeah. Um, certainly not Pickford. It's certainly not Pitford. Uh, it's Michael Keane, Goway, uh, even Luca Dean. He's you know pretty hot and cold, um, and yeah. mostly cold. Um, yeah, so Everton uh, have a bit of a rebuild. Yeah, they're definitely in a rebuild, and um, it's pretty sad to see. You know, since the Moyes era, you know the steady decline. Um, Martinez did okay with them for a year, um, and then things just kind of fell apart and. You know, it's sad that a club legend like Leighton Baines didn't get the, really the send-off that he deserved. And, um, you know, Jagielka last year got shoved out the door when we could have definitely used him to really stabilize things back there another year. He, he seemed to be doing okay with Sheffield United. Um, so, you know, as an Everton fan, you really look at those decisions and go, like, what the heck are you guys doing? Yeah. Um, Coleman, Seamus, last little thing. Coleman, <laughs> one of the games – Forget who they were playing. It was one of the ones they lost right at the end, but they, I think it was against West Ham, maybe. Um, he just, you know, reamed the team saying, like, there's no, there's no heart here. And, you know, that performance is completely unacceptable. And, you know, we got Carlo Ancelotti as our coach and we're not giving him a full effort. And, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully he might bring in some new pieces. There's a rumor that uh, he's bringing in one of his Napoli midfielders, Allen. Mm-hmm. Um, there's uh, another um, rumor for Southampton's Hoiberg um, to really stabilize that central midfield because honestly, that's our biggest weakness. You know, Sigurdsson doesn't defend. Uh, Tom Davies doesn't have enough about him to really control the match, and um, it's it just plus his socks are way too low. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I appreciate you know that that they're bringing in academy players like. Anthony uh, Gordon on the wing. Um, Mason Holgate seemed to do okay, although I'm still not sold on him. Um, Calvert-Lewin did great first stretch and then completely did nothing after the break. Um, so yeah, as an Everton yeah. fan, you, you really, you know, you really needed a transfer window to, to flush out some of the, uh, the dead wood, but we, we, don't, we won't get that. So, so probably another year of mediocrity. Um, hopefully we can just finish ahead of Burnley. That's all I really care, yeah. you know. But anyways, um, <laughs> sorry for my Everton rant. Um, last pick, you guys want to try to pick out some Champions League predictions? Um, who you think are, are going to be in the final four, you know, final game maybe? And I mean, winners? I, I would say personally, I think that mm, – it's really tough to say. There's some really quality teams that are, are left here. I think it's really hard to look past two particular. And I think PSG is really hard to look past. Um, I know Kylian Mbappe just um, had an injury in a friendly. Um, or actually, no, that was a quote the France. Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, that didn't look good. I think it looked worse than it actually was kind of what they discovered. I think that if Mbappe is healthy, 
they're making the final, in, in my opinion. Um, and definitely the way the bracket's broken down. Yeah. They're in the, the side of the bracket with RB Leipzig, Atletico Madrid, and then their matches with Atalanta. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Atalanta, I think that's going to be a crazy high-scoring uh, series. Um, as I, we may have been talking about this off uh, mic, Atalanta scored 99 goals in the league this year, which was, I think, by far the most mm-hmm. in Serie A. Um, you know, Serie A being known for stout defense, historically at least. And uh, so you don't normally see teams scoring 99. And, you know, I, I think that could be a really entertaining series, but I think PSG will probably uh, get one over on them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think on the other side of the bracket, I think it's also really hard to look past Bayern. You know, Lewandowski is, um, you know, it's really too bad the Ballon d'Or was canceled this year, which I think was a silly decision. But, you know, really – uh, Lewandowski's been, without a doubt, in my opinion, the best player of this last season. Uh, he just scores for fun. Nobody seems to have an answer no for shit. him. No I shit. Mean, <laughs> definitely. I mean, he just he can just do whatever he wants to right now, and uh, he's just unbelievable. I think that Bayern team, top to bottom, is, mm-hmm. and I think right now the best team in Europe. And uh, yeah. I, I really struggle to see. A Champions League final that does not include them. Um, and I, I, my bold prediction for the weekend is that Real Madrid beats uh, Manchester City, and Manchester City is out in round sixteen. Mm-hmm. That's my that's my bold prediction. Because if you don't have one of those, then like, what's the point? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I kind of agree with you on the the Bayern pick um, to to an extent. You know, the thing for them is they've been off for a while without competitive games. Um, the Bundesliga was one of the first ones back and they ended their season a few weeks ago. So getting them to come back in and um, they've kind of got a, it's kind of a warm up game with versus Chelsea. Well, yeah. It's a, good, it's a good way to get back into, yeah. you know, you get, um, you, you, you're getting spotted three goals yeah. and, and you get to kind of feel your way back into the league. Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, it's on the road too. So it's like that added little extra difficulty that they have to contend with. So there's a little added extra intensity. But I mean, they get one goal. I mean, it's obvious. I mean, it's already done in my opinion. But you know, that really sinks it. Yeah, Chelsea just doesn't have that oomph to push it over. I mean, Chelsea's going to need some miracles of miracles (laughs) to make. Make it to three goals, I, and 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 it just is. It I, mean, I, I mean, I'm a Liverpool supporter. <laughs> I get how that works. It's just, it's just look, you know, uh, you know, looking what just happened this past weekend with the FA Cup, it, it it's not indicating health. It's not indicating you know uh, vitality. Those players at the end, when you saw there's five minutes left or whatever that they could, you know, made a push or. What the players' faces kind of read what what we kind of all knew is that they just didn't have their best day, and that you know, and and maybe that's just the kind of thing where you're you're kind of exiting the season on your worst leg, which is which is not really how you want to do it. Yeah. But you know, I mean, next year they can get it all corrected. It's, yeah. If if you if you uh, uh, I guess we're gonna go over here real quick. Uh, talk about I, if I don't if I get my input here, yeah. I'm always the third wheel here in this group, man. 
They got two intelligent guys, and me, I just want to be fucking around with people who like soccer. I, I play the game. I don't, like, have as much time to analyze the game as I used to, and I just kind of feel the energy at the bar and, you know, that kind of thing. And th those, are the, those are the things that make me tick. I mean, that's just, uh, that's just how it is. So, you know, what, what, to, a word of caution, we've been doing this podcast, and whatever picks I have, I, I'm probably shooting about – 20% right now. So, you know, I'm going to just throw this out here. You know, you, you remember when Peter Griffin does his grinds my gears thing? Sure. Okay. So here's something that grinds my gears. I, I talked to so many people and, and uh, so many people, or I listened to so many people's input about games and teams and flash and flare and all this kind of stuff. Okay. Um, I'm going to say this. In the Champions League, okay. Number one, uh, PSG looks like they would be the the their 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 side of the groups. Act. I mean, it looks all set up. But I'll get back to that in a minute. <laughs> all right. I love your guys talk about Bayern. Bayern design was at the time on cruise control. Mm -hmm. um, they just kind of a they kind of had a tight race for a second in the Bundesliga and then just said, hey, you know what, we're buying, we're going to bust it open. And they did. And that's what good teams do. They they start separating themselves uh, from the pack. Uh, when I look at that side, I see nothing but a bunch of class teams uh, that, that can compete close games, minus that Bayern-Chelsea one. But, you know, I, I, I think that after all that City went through last year, after those yeah, wild comeback by Tottenham, I think that City has the composure to do it. And um, I, I'm going to say City comes out of that group. That is a very low confidence rating, so don't go betting the mortgage. Don't be th throwing your car pa papers on that one. But I'm going to say City comes out of that group because – I think they went through that arduous task of getting their ass handed to them already. Last year, they got a couple – I mean, it just felt like they were uh, uh, operating under a storm cloud, and I think this is the year they're going to push through. Um, now, I want to circle back to the grinds my gears part because this is the, the team that I think has a chance to do it all over again, and that team is going to be Atletico Madrid. And the reason why I say that is because – Far too often, they fall out of your cerebral cortex. You're not really thinking about them. And, and there's probably a good reason why. Because what we do is we see the highlights, we see the highlights, and we see the highlights. You know, I've always said deny, delay, destroy is probably your first impactful moves on a soccer field. If you can deny the player the ball, if you can deny the players the spaces that they want, if you can delay the game and kind of manipulate it in the way that you want it to be, and if you can destroy without fouling, you know, at the end if, as a last resort, those are those three things, those three characteristics pop up with Atletico Madrid. And, you know, when I think about it, I think that that's a team that always is battle tested mm -hmm. always can play that one one game and always has a manageable situation with Diego Simeone at the head I for some reason think that if 
PSG gets a little head sure of themselves and they end up playing against each other and it becomes more of a low stymied scoring type situation, I think that you might see Atletico Madrid make it out of that group. So I, I think Man City on the one side and I, and I think PSG is the safer bet, but do not cast out Atletico Madrid. And the reason why I say the grinds my gears part is that because so many people are unaccepting of that type of soccer. They want to see something that's more wide open, wide spacing, wide, you know, push, push, push. And, and, and for some reason, a counterattack can be beautiful, you know, and, and you only need a couple of those to put away a game. Yeah. And then, you know, the fans go, hey, well, I want to see this beautiful soccer. It's not, it, it still can be beautiful. And that's, that's to me one thing that, and Jan Oblak, hell of a goalie. Yeah. I mean, and you got, they, they just aren't a good team. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I agree. And, you know, you can see Atletico is also going to benefit, I think, from the single legs as right, well. Because yeah, exactly. I really do think that in down at the moment, they can probably grind it out and win when they probably shouldn't. Yep. Um, you know, just like I feel like the Liverpool match that they had right before mm-hmm. – um, the day before everything shut down, by the way, and also was probably responsible for a huge outbreak of coronavirus in Liverpool that shouldn't have ever happened. That's okay. We won't talk about that. But um, and Adrian should, was in the goal, and if he had been delayed, Allison would have been the goalie instead. Anyways, um, but I, I really do think that you're you're onto something with Atletico. Um, I really do not like watching them play. It's a right. drag. It sucks. Um, so I understand like kind of the world's you know, not wanting them. And I certainly don't like a lot of the personalities on PSG. So I would love to see them get knocked down a peg. Um, and, and also just to, you know, a team that uh, is still. Kasha from the full 90 really yeah. is pulling for a PSG. Oh, in yeah. 2020. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. And I almost want them to get to the final just, just <laughs> for Tasha. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not we'll a PSG. See. I don't really like them all that much, but. But I think it's going to be really interesting. Uh, I'm just glad we get some more meaningful uh, soccer here in August. Um, Colin. That's not just MLS. <laughs> Colin, you want to take over my role here, man? I mean, you're, you're doing a hell of a good job. And I always want to say thank you for coming out uh, today. And, yeah. you know, I, I miss everybody, like I say, every time at the bar. And, you know, the experiences that we can have and yeah. um, all that kind of stuff. And, uh, at, at this point right now, I just don't know when we resurface that way. So seeing you today here in the flesh, yeah. me being able to get my butt down here and uh, try this uh, new location from the Paul Brown pub, just, uh, you know, the Paul Brown shop where uh, Pete's pub is here. And I've been just sitting here uh, as as uh, it's, it's close, it's local, it's quiet. And yeah. uh, we were able to um have this experience but hopefully we can get the full 90 back running and yep. maybe we'll be back at the village idiot someday soon and you know i i really hope that uh good things will uh come in the near future and yeah. uh, again cool. i thank you very much hey, for thanks. coming out thanks guys this is this has been great jake thanks for making it out here jake's the family man he's busting <laughs> his ass all over the place and you know to be honest with you that's something very enviable. He does a really good job. It seems like at least from afar, <laughs> balancing life. You know, I just want to say God bless to everybody out there. And I know that everybody has their own struggles and their own things that they're working through. And uh, thank you for listening to us. And thanks for giving us some time. And hopefully we'll be able to bounce back and give you 
another uh, impactful moment here on the full 90 or for on the uh, 32 panels podcast. Unfortunately, I'm not drinking right now, so you're not going to hear me crack a beer and say another one, uh, you know, down the hatch. But I'll do a virtual cheers, virtual cheers. with my with my pint. Yeah. So there we go. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Um, yeah, and feel free to reach out to us on our Facebook page if uh, you have any comments or questions or guest ideas for us, and uh, we'll probably be back here in the next week or two um, with another episode. So thanks for tuning in. Oh, <laughs>